Good morning, church. Uh, our Bible reading today is from Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 11. I'm going to um, just fill you in on the scene where this verses start because they start in the middle of a story so just so you know where we are we are um, on this the dawn of the resurrection and the bible tells us that mary magdalene and the other mary had gone to the tomb they had found um, that there had been an earthquake and an angel had appeared and the guards had been paralyzed with fright and the angel had told them not to be afraid and to go and tell the disciples that jesus had risen from the dead so they'd rushed off to tell the disciples and they'd bumped into Jesus on the way and they'd worshipped at his feet. And he also had said, don't be afraid, I'm here, go back and tell the disciples what's happened. And so that's where our story is picking us up from today in verse 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated amongst Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Well done, Simone. Thank you. I was so caught up in the reading then just by Simone. I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, that's such a... Oh, I've got to get up. That's right to speak. Sorry. I just forgot where I was and what day it is. Maybe it's the year. Maybe I can blame the year and what a year it's been. Uh, and I know Shane will encourage you at the end. You'll probably hear me say this during the week on the video. But brothers and sisters, it's so nice to see you. So nice to be watching uh, as well at home, I'm sure. But of course, uh, while I shared some restrictions being lifted last week, that actually means... More than likely, 90% certainty. Can you be served 99% certain of anything this year? Nice mask on, brother. Everyone can come back next Sunday to church. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Of course, if you're a Pentecostal, you'd be really excited. Uh, two square meters real well. That, won't that be good? You can sit a bit closer. So, brothers and sisters, far bit for me to say my last message on Matthew's gospel, but no excuses next week. We've got plenty of room for everyone. I've said it. Take note, it's going to be a great day. And look, this morning, 8 o'clock, was a great moment in time for me. I wonder if the name Henry and Sue Carpick mean anything to any of you out there. Uh, Henry and Sue, of course, early on this year were on the Review Princess, local members of Illawarra. Henry got very sick uh, and didn't pass away, which is uh, fantastic, a lot better now. But Sue was here this morning at church. Uh, and I must admit, as you look back at moments this year, I remember when she phoned me, a uh, big shout out to Sue again, early this year, 
I'm just distressed, something's happening, and, and we were as a church able to pray for them. So fantastic. It's great to have Sue here this morning. Just one of the, I'm sure there have been blessings this year. There have been. Uh, there have been blessings this year. Uh, and it's great to be able to be here at the end of this season. Uh, and we are finally at the end of Matthew's Gospel. We have arrived. That's right, Matthew 28. And I'm excited because behind me is a Christmas tree. And it's like, for me, it sort of wraps the whole story up in one sense. The reason Jesus came into the world... We know through Matthew's journey, 26, 27, indeed, Jesus was trialed, executed, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, Matthew 28, as uh, Simone has just read out, he's risen. Wow, Uh, how that changes everything, and it really does, and we need to know that. I know with all the wonderful things Shane has shared this morning, thank you, brother, excellent job, and I encourage Shane. Maybe some of you, maybe the older members, have a song going through your head right now, it goes way back to 1967. Uh, Harry Nelson, everybody's talking at me. I wonder if anyone knows the next line. I don't hear a word they're saying. Only the echo of my mind. It's like, so I know you might feel that this year. It's been a year where everybody's talking at me, telling me what to do, how to do it. Oh, come on, 2021. Brothers and sisters, this is a great moment. This is Jesus' words as he leaves his last words after all that has happened. To let the church, his disciples, know what am I asking you to do? And I'm going to echo that today. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy to us. We thank you that indeed we have this word that we can connect with, Lord. May we continue on to be a church that seeks to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And we ask this in his name. Amen. Never underestimate the words, uh, and I hope you heard it as Simone read out, the language of all nations all peoples, all authority. Don't ever underestimate what Jesus is saying at this point in time uh, because as this part of his journey comes to a conclusion and he can jump to Acts to see what happens next, this part of my journey in Matthew's Gospel comes to a conclusion because another chapter is about to open up in the life of fig tree as you well and truly know. Uh, But our gatherings have to be connected to what Christ commands us. And indeed, from verse 11, I hope you've got your Bibles, phones at home, watching, listening. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers. You can't believe there was corruption back then, can you? I believe there's an ICAC inquiry finding going to come out tomorrow. They gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers said, we're not going to do that. We're going to speak the truth. I'm just testing you to see if you're awake because they didn't say that, did they? The soldiers said they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews this very day. What story? that they came and took his body away. There's no resurrection. He's not risen. That's not the story. The real story, we don't want you to say, is the fact that, good grief, he's risen. He's not there. That's the last thing we want people to know. Uh, Wow. Uh, Verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. I love that bit. We probably don't where he told them to go. Do you remember that Jesus said, I'm going to be crucified on the third day, rise again. So it's not as if somehow this should be a shock to them. Told them to go, 
and when they saw him, and I love this part even more so, they worshipped him. Oh, can't we wait till next Sunday when we can sing, even with masks or paper bags on our head. I don't care. Let's just rejoice somehow before this year is done. And then don't forget those other little words that flow. Some doubted. I love that because as a Christ follower for a long time, it just authenticates the Word of God because normally if you're going to tell a really great story, you won't put the doubt bit in. If, if I'm sorry, if I'm writing, I won't put the doubt bit in. But how wonderful you actually see, well, some worship, but heck, there are others who saw it on it. Not true. Can't believe it. I love that because it just brings it again to the reality and the truth of this. And uh, an annoying phrase this year, I don't know about you, fake news. I'm so over that language. I'm so over. This is not fake news. If you're watching at home, sitting with your husband or wife or kids, who've never yet said yes to Jesus, this is not fake news that we're talking about today. This is truth from the Word of God, and the Apostle Paul affirms this, which I'll get to in a moment as well. In fact, while we might have questions about the end of Mark 16, and some of you might have questions about that, there's a moment in Mark 16, verse 14, where Jesus actually rebukes the disciples. We read this. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he'd he'd risen. Um. You know, those great movies, those Christmas movies, seeing is believing. Well, what if I haven't seen? I haven't. I base it on the testimony of others. And those who were there at that first day, why didn't they believe? They didn't believe what he'd said. They didn't believe the miracles. They didn't believe the fact that he said he was going to rise again. They didn't believe the testimony of the women. Can you believe that men back then did not believe what the women said? That would never happen in 2020, would it? I'll just let that hang there. As if the women who saw this could ever come back, even though they're instructed by Jesus, and say, good grief, guys, you've got to come back. He's not there. He's risen. What an amazing moment in time, and the call is we must go. We must go and proclaim, and there's three things, as you all know, because you've heard this passage that many times. Maybe you've lived it. Maybe you've honoured Go and make disciples, baptize them, teaching them everything I've commanded you to teach them. Why do we have these gift aid projects? Because P&G, they need to hear about Jesus. We need to make sure generations that follow us through the intern program hear about this. And what a blessing it is to give the Ignite program to say to young people, brothers and sisters, young ones, you need to carry this into the future. You need to know that Christ is risen. And maybe 40 years ago, 42 years ago when I heard this, maybe there was a sense of excitement as a young man. And maybe it was like, wow. And maybe 40 years ago, 40 years later, I can sort of, oh, yeah, he's risen, I know that. And I can lose the passion and motivation that all that should mean to all of us. And the mission of the church, our mission, the mission of this church in the future, stands or falls on these words. That we either believe that Christ is risen and therefore we know he's coming back again, And we know we have a command from him to go and act, to hear and obey. One day you can write this down at home or today, 1 Corinthians 15, those great words from the Apostle Paul. For what I've received, I passed on to you as of first importance, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, 
that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Testimony after testimony of the reality that Christ has risen. And so all this is happening. Uh, people had journeyed through Matthew's gospel. The disciples knew about his, his witness, about the way he spoke, the way he taught like no one had ever taught. About those words going way back to Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount. About his challenging Matthew 6, about seek first his kingdom. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about things in this world. About his challenge to Peter in Matthew 16, I will build my church. Nothing is going to stop this happening. And then you get to verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The ultimate statement of victory by Christ. All authority. He has all authority, again jumping back to Daniel 7, all authority given to him from the Father in heaven. Because Jesus is God as well. Uh, how you listen to that statement, what you do about that statement will determine your life now and in the future. Your actions, your beliefs, the way you pray, the way you give, the way you serve, the way you decide to speak up to others at that most awkward of time about who Jesus is. The church that proclaims this truth is going to be the church of the future that continues to proclaim this truth that Christ is risen uh, that indeed uh, he has come into this world to save us that we need to realize that all people matter that broken people lost people matter because we are lost and we were broken that happened in our life and somewhere someone shared Christ with us and we need to be in that space as well this is the shaping and the way the church of the future will go and especially in result of this year you have gone through all sorts of things this year. And you and I know it's not over yet. We might as well say it. It's not over yet. More to come. But Jesus' death means he's triumphed over sin. There's no, now no what? Those wonderful words from Romans. Now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Wow. No matter how sinful, how broken, how corrupt Christ loves you. He's died for you. And now he's risen to bring us a future. Triumph. I love those words. We used to sing them one day. We'll sing them again. Philippians 2. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, oh, every tongue confess and acknowledge that Christ is Lord. All authority. John Piper wrote this list of oh, 25 things about what all authority means. Authority over land, authority over clouds and sea, over animals, over plant life, over your life. Over highways and byways, over nations, over governments, those elected, those not elected. Over crime, over violence, over evil. Christ has authority over all things which therefore he imparts that authority to us to speak his name and to proclaim the truth of Jesus uh, we are now called to go about our mission, to go indeed into all the world. And in our going, that's right, in our going, as you go about your daily life, as you go about your bike riding, do we have any bike riders here? Don't answer that, that's rhetorical, because people at home, I think people at home can actually see you now. Thank you, Andrew, for that camera. In your swimming, 
in your coffee drinking, in your working, in your training, in your whatever you do, in that way, go and make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them everything I've commanded you. Whatever you do, look, brothers and sisters, the day will come, no matter whether you watch rugby or not. It's not going to be a draw at the end, no matter how hard you work. It's not as if you're going to watch Australia and Argentina and get right at that moment in time and think, oh, we didn't win. Christ has won. That should drive us forward. That changes things. And maybe, maybe, maybe not this church, because I never want to bag this church out, but maybe other Christians have forgotten this empowering from Christ. And maybe being a Christian now is more like a hobby for us. And we fit it in with things we're doing. When we have time, when we have space, when there's something else. Clearly, I should be thinking all about the hobbies. People keep asking, Ian, what are you going to do in retirement? What home? Just a guest now that I just sit on the beach and fish and have coffee. And Isn't it great that when you retire, you don't have to think about proclaiming Jesus? I take note on the camera. No one said no. No one said, you're mad, Ian. But clearly you must be mad. As if retirement's got anything to do with whether you proclaim the good news of Christ or not. Maybe I'll take up bike riding. Who knows? Bird watching. Verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That threesome. We've done that that many times. And what? Teaching them to obey everything. Everything about being humble, about being gracious, about being loving, about not being hypocritical, which Shane shared with us a few weeks ago from Matthew 23, about reminding people that indeed I'm coming back a second time. Have you forgotten that I called you to be ready two weeks ago? Are you more ready now? Please don't tell me you're not. Please don't tell me you forgot about the crisis coming back. Because if he said he was going to rise from the dead and that happened, and he now says he's going to come back a second time, do you separate those two? Don't do that. Because Christ's going to come back and separate the two. Sheep and goats. Have you forgotten that? Don't do that. And indeed, if you jump back to Matthew 10, Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8, Jesus commands his disciples then to go into the house of Israel, to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And now this commission expands to all the world. And Jesus says back then in Matthew 10, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons, do all those things. You know, and there was a day, and I know this year has changed that you only have to talk to people who work at the uni when a lot of people from overseas were coming here. Uh, And we talk about the nations coming to our country, and that is true, they have come here. This year slowed it down a little bit. You know, I wonder though if you look at this year and you think, okay, that's given me more opportunities to engage with those in my circle around, my workplace, my neighbourhood. Those who've known me for a long time. You see, if you look back over church, which old people like me might do, going way back to the 70s, 80s, we've gone through that many seasons. We've gone through the church knockers who ended up leaving. We've gone through the church shoppers who thought, we don't like that church, we like that singing or whatever. We've gone through all the church hoppers who know we just bounce from church to church. And I can say that to you because I catch up on a regular basis with all the other pastors from the Illawarra and they talk about the same, whether it be Anglican Church, Baptist, Pentecost, it wouldn't matter, they all say the same. Another church opens up and someone hops over here and then hops over there and then you hop back there. And now I wonder, I haven't got long to go. What does 2020 mean? Maybe we're going to a season of all the church floppers. Didn't it come back? I don't know. 
That's good watching church online. Good on you for watching church online. Sitting back there in your jammies with your latte, your cinnamon toast in bed. Don't drop crumbs in bed. It's a bad idea. When will the day be that you say, yeah, it's time. Maybe I realise I miss the body of Christ more than ever. You mean they can sing now? Oh, wow. Don't leave it too long before you forget the body of Christ that you're part of. And yes, people in PNG need to hear about Jesus. Write this website down, finishingthetask.com. Finishingthetask.com. It's a wonderful website that talks about all the nations that still need to hear about Christ. 159 of them. And PNG is part of that. Finishingthetask.com. Amazing website. There are more people to hear about this. Do you realize that more and more people around the globe who maybe used to get connected to church, maybe who've lost that, there's an increase in numbers of people who no longer follow Jesus. It's not as if somehow our work is finished. People everywhere need to hear this. Fig tree, dapto, warawong. It was a great, uh, my colleague Scott arranged a, an ABC radio interview for me on Friday. Uh, with Mel James, and I've spoken to Mel James several times this year because of COVID. Um, and I was good to be able to talk about carols coming up on Sunday week, and I just felt like I was talking to an old friend in Mel, and I was able to have laughter. She just played some Pearl Jam in the morning, for all the Pearl Jam fans out there. Um, and I was able to invite Mel to listen on the 12th, and I was able to invite the ABC radio and all their listeners to listen on the 12th of December. Um, and it's like you've got to make the most of any opportunity that God gives you regardless of what they think. They know I'm weird, so just be weird. Tell them about the hope. I told her, Mel, I said, hope is also contagious. And the great thing about that moment is she lets you talk for two or three minutes and you just can say whatever you like. (laughs) What are the moments God has given you this year to share about Jesus? Oswald Smith said years ago, any church that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission has forfeited has forfeited its biblical right to exist as a church. Strong words. But surely if you hold to what Jesus is saying with the Great Commission, to go and make and baptize and teach. Oh, don't ever forget that. What is the need of the day? We need to be a disciple-making church. And the great news is in our going, guess who comes with us? In our going, guess who comes with us? Jesus does. Isn't that the great news? Lo, I'm with you forever. Uh, Another writer said this, we need to rediscover the meaning of the Great Commission. Beginning in our own prayer and devotional lives, we must begin to feel the compassion of the Lord for a lost and dying world. Otherwise, we fail. For me, having been your pastor for 13 years, here's where I wonder and here's what I is often on my mind. I wonder if we've lost our prayer and devotional life, that our heart for a lost and broken world just isn't there. You know, we all see families. Yesterday, Rhonda and I, uh, for 41 years now, uh, the first Saturday in December, Rhonda's family get together for their Christmas because it's way too big. Um, And so we went down south, and and just hearing from other family members uh, about how broken things are in all their lives, and uh, Tanya Davies was there, uh, and we had Tanya here two years ago, Liberal member from Algoa. Um, she's had a tough year politically, as she was sharing. But just hearing bits and pieces, 
it's, it's tough going out there. There's a brokenness out there. And we are called to remind ourselves we need to pray about this. Families, I wonder how your families are going. I wonder how many times, maybe for the last 20 Christmases or 20 years, you've been trying to win your family to Christ. And right now in COVID, my notice relationally is people are a bit... Have you noticed people are on edge? I'm noticing people are on edge. I'm noticing people in relationships are a little bit on edge. I'm noticing husbands and wives getting a little bit testy with each other. Oh, I'm only talking about my marriage. Sorry, I just your marriages are all beautiful. and Kids never push you. Grandkids are all perfect. Angelic. Isn't it great? This time of year we see everyone is just angelic. No fights. You're going to Fig Tree Grove. You'll see a parking spot. And someone else is there. And they just stop and say, feel free, you take it. I'll wait another five hours. Because I love the parking spaces in Fig Tree Grove. I've got all day. You take it. I don't notice that. Everyone's a little bit more on edge, and everyone is always a bit more on edge at this time of the year anyhow, let alone what this year has done. But pray, engage with our Lord about this. Christ is not only with us, he's coming back. These news, uh, the old great missionary David Livingstone, when he was asked about how did he survive, it's Matthew 28, 20 that he said, that kept me going because I knew the Lord was with me. It kept me going. It kept me going. I kept reminding others, he's with us, he's with us. And old people like me can hear Keith Green, what a wonderful singer. I can hear him playing the piano. I can hear his voice. I mean, you like that? You can hear voices in your head. Sorry, I can hear voices in my head. I know, I'm just about to retire. I'll get help soon. You know, hear the bells ringing. Hear the bells ringing. They're singing that you can be born again. That Hear the bells ringing. They're singing Christ is risen from the dead. The angel up on the tombstone said he has risen just as he said. Quickly now go tell the disciples. Can't you hear him singing this? That Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Uh, joy to the world he has risen. And I think Mel, when, uh, uh, Meg when he sings hallelujah he doesn't sing it like that. He sings it like hallelujah or something. And I can hear Keith singing this. And it brings tingles into my heart because it's so so full of passion. A young man who died so, so early, and yet he's risen. Wow, that changes everything. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, my brother and I went to uh, go and collect our mum's belongings from the nursing home in Sylvania. She'd passed away at 95. And by that stage of life, we just basically two bags, took them out of the room. But her Bible was still there, and I shared this before with you a few years ago. And we, I took a Bible home, and I went through the Bible. And of course, mum's generation, you'd never write in your Bible. You'd go straight to hell if you did that. Write in a Bible. But she underlined one verse. One verse. John 17. Verse 3. John 17 is the great prayer of Jesus. John 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I wish I'd known that before she died. Because I wish I'd been able to say to her, Mum, why that verse? Out of all of Scripture, of course, life doesn't take those twists or turns. Are the things you have left unsaid with your family right now about Jesus, that regardless of what they're going to say to you, that you feel it yourself in your own heart, I don't want to let the opportunity go. You may never get it back. You and I know that. We are sent because Christ was sent. Christ was sent. This lofty claim, all authority is given to me. 
loving comfort. I'm always with you. Oh, that just drives me on. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Church of the future, go make disciples. You know, maybe you're sitting there today thinking, isn't it great, you know, and maybe there won't be a new minister for another few months, another six months, another year. Isn't it great we can sort of put off the Great Commission for another year till that person comes? No. Just record that. Ian said, no, you can't do that. What is if it's just about no? What are you doing this week? What are you doing next week? What are you doing at Christmas? Who's in your circle of friends now as a result of this year are questioning everything? Are you going to be in that space to offer hope for them? What is the need of the hour? What is the need of the new year? To make disciples. To make sure we do that. Go and make them. Oswald James Smith said, I love this phrase, just the church that does not evangelize will fossilize. It's true. We can, we're going to get so concerned for ourselves soon enough. Brothers and sisters, uh, unlike you may be, I certainly am at the point of no return in my ministry stage. And the new year is like that. I wonder how many people here can't wait for December 31, the midnight to come over. You'll all be asleep by then. Um, get up on January's like, oh, praise the Lord. We're past that year. Never again. And there's going to be days in the future where we'll talk about 2020 being, what were you doing before 2020? There's before 2020 and after 2020. Not only in church life. But once you reach that point of no return where Jesus was at because he's finishing, he's risen. Very soon he's going to ascend. More instructions in Acts. And we're going to stop and think, wow, what is the future? Oh, we, are not, we are not called to exacerbate and to annoy people. You might do it. I remember my dad saying to myself and brothers many, many years ago, he's been gone for 20 years now. He used to keep bees as a younger man. Any beekeepers out there? Ian, it's much easier to attract bees with honey than with vinegar. As in, can't you just be nice to people? You know, being nice to people, I know it's a hard challenge because they may not be nice to you. I'll park that thought. You want to find a way to speak about the hope you have in Christ, then just engage, listen, care. And I know, look, one of our songs uh, touched on it earlier. You might feel discouraged. You might think, how can I make my life count? I'm no one. I'm insignificant. I'll be a used by pastor soon enough. I can even ask myself the same question. Uh, ask us, but tell yourself this. No, I'm not meant to be anyone else. I'm meant to be who I am in Christ. And that's who you are. Don't. Deny it. Don't beat yourself up over it. Enough of that. Uh, ask Christ, Father, help me live this life you've given me, wherever you've placed me, however you've placed me. Uh, let me be part of your program, the kingdom program. Let it be manifested in my life wherever I am. Help me not compare myself to others. Don't do that. Your life counts whether you think it does or not. Be mindful of that. The wonderful truth is God is so concerned for you and the way of the future and your life as i invite the band up this whole message from jesus speaking to his disciples reminds us about the hope he has that we can go and open our mouths in his name to tell others about him this mission cannot fail because christ is in it 
The wardens have been gracious enough to let me do the uh, grandparent conference again here next year, the, end, the second half of the year. And, uh, and through my connections uh, with Larry Fowler, who started one in America, we've now connected with a, a group in Korea. And uh, we're talking about, is there some bigger connection around the globe to actually motivate grandparents to be engaged with their kids? I'm very excited about that. Um, I remind you that there's, there's more work to be done. There's more things out there to be done. Christ must be known in the world. And he's given us the authority and power to do it. May I ask you, as we conclude this part of Matthew's Gospel, give your whole life to him. Why? Because he's given his whole life to you. Heavenly Father, take and use this church for the days and months and years ahead. As they hold firm to your resurrection, help them make themselves available. And may it be, Father, we worship you continually in this life, in readiness for the next life. In Jesus' name, amen.